Green is brought to you by Galinda Mozo of Remax. Remax above the crowd. The southwestern Cape storage dams are pretty well supplied after the rainy days of mid-August and a few cold fronts that actually brought more than a smattering of showers. The relatively new and once controversial Berg River Dam near French Hook is a hundred plus percent full, meaning that the overrun sluice gates were opened to release water into the much utilized Berg River. That brings a feeling of relief to all us water constrained folks, and that should mean all of us. And here is the mandatory warning it's still vital to conserve water. And we're doing a good job in the Cape Town supply area with an average saving of nearly 30 million litres a day over the last few months. A positive trend emerging in the lockdown culture is the focus on indoor plants. Many of us, most, really enjoy having living things around in pots and attending to the welfare of a few select herbs in miniature gardens on the balcony. And if you have a garden, you should have your vegetable patch going. But indoor farming or vertical farming is serious stuff to a growing phalanx of professionals. And now is the time perhaps to put it into the group of images you conjure up when anybody says farming or agriculture on the news. The idea goes back a long way, even to antiquity, I guess, certainly to my youth. I'm pretty ancient. But then it was called hydroponics and still is. But now hydroponics is the base, I suppose you'd say, of a whole sprue of innovative developments. And these innovations are driving the movement towards vertical farming, or indoor farming, or technologized farming. There are many designations which point to more or less the same thing. Based on well-tried hydroponic success, NASA, the space agency, developed an extension of the idea based on growing plants in an air-mist environment with no soil and very little water. They called it aeroponics. Very little water, about one-tenth of what hydroponics requires. South African water-stressed farmers, please note, NASA was thinking of growing plants in space, of course, to feed crews of astronauts embarked on long missions to planets, principally Mars. That hasn't happened, but it might. Then came aquaponics, which kind of closes the hydroponic sustainability loop. Aquaponics grows food plants in hydroponic fashion, but the system is ecologically sound as fish are cultured and their nitrogen-rich waste provides the nutrients for the plants. And the water is cleaned, just like in a natural wetland. There are a number of successful aquaponics ventures in South Africa. They grow mainly high-end salad ingredients and supply supermarkets with popular herbs and salad plants, and their hatcheries provide fingerlings for further aquaculture and organically fed trout and tilapia. This can all be done on the ground. When you add a vertical farming component to aquaponics, then you're fringing on real future world agriculture. But you have to throw in technological touches like LED light sources and smart systems so you can control the farm remotely with a mobile phone, for instance. Then there is high-tech monitoring, feeding data to a computerized management system, automatic harvesting if you want it, and now artificial intelligence, AI. It's called CEA, Controlled Environment Agriculture. This means serious capital outlay. Rand for rand, it's more costly to start up an urban farm, vertical or flat on the ground, than conventional farming, of course. 
One consultant that I looked at reckons that realistically you can start up with a small scale farm for about 250,000 rands. If you think this is all just fringe stuff, forget it. There are over 30 really big companies into this worldwide. There's franchising and licensing and a turnover of $3 billion at present, with more to come, probably boosted by the ever-present pandemic. If you'd like to find out more about this ancient technology of farming in the future world, try Robotics and Automation News. Yes, Robotics and Automation News. That's www.roboticsandautomationnews.com. Until next time, from me, John Richards, thanks for listening. Bye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax. Remax above the crowd. A global challenge to environmentalists is to make all people aware of how their behavior impacts on the Earth's natural resources. How we tread as individuals, corporates, and government affects the circle of life. Galinda Moser of Remax Living is committed to the health and well being of your family. This starts with your home and ends with your planet. That's why Galinda is the proud sponsor of Being Green on Fine Music Radio. For now and future generations, Remax above the crowd. FM.